Welcome to Taking Over the Photo Pit, a music photography podcast helped by me, Boston Schultz, and I interview badass concert photographers, and today is no exception because I'm talking to Mari from SoundSnap Photo. And the first time I looked at her portfolio, I was just like, yes, yes, I'm, I need to interview her because not only is she an incredible music photographer, concert photographer, like her portfolio for weddings, for boudoir, it's it's just insane. Like everything looks so good. And I know that she's done a lot of really, really cool stuff in the music industry and has recently moved out to California. So I wanted to talk to her about everything from connections and being in the music industry, how to get started, how to do these other types of photography and like why she came to Southern California. So we dive into all of this and it's such a good one. So please stick around and listen to the whole thing. I promise you, you will get such good advice out of it and you'll want to hear all of this. So we're just going to jump right into it. Hey Mari, what's up? I'm so excited to have you here um, and talk about your concert photography journey because I creeped on a lot of your work and I was super obsessed, especially with the fact that uh, you do a lot of work in Joshua Tree and I love the Joshua Trees. So anyway, that's just my little starting out point, but I wanted to kick it off. Can you please tell us a like who you are, how you got started in concert photography, um, just kind of like a quick intro of your career and like what you've been doing. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I've started in, uh, in music photography probably when I was about 16 or 17. Um, wow. I worked in a, a radio station for years and I used to have this little tiny digital camera that I brought everywhere with me because we never had coverage of our shows. And I was like, I'll take pictures of everything. It's fine. And then I just was like, wow, this is really cool. And then I, I met up with uh, one of my mom's high school best friends who was a concert photographer. And Very she did cool. a lot of metal shows. And I started hanging out with her. And she taught me the ways of uh, concert photography. We, like, would shoot Seven Dust and, like, all the cool shows. There was this thing called the Chili Cook-Off that the radio station I worked for, XL102 in Richmond, Virginia. Um, sorry, I say them a lot. <laughs> but <laughs> no uh, they uh, they did this thing called the Chili Cook-Off where they had a bunch of alternative bands play and stuff like that. And I used to shoot that with her, and it was really fun. Um, and I met a lot of people working in the radio industry and it kind of branched me out and I kind of like fell off the wagon for a little bit and I was kind of trying to figure out like my calling and like what I really wanted to do with my life and I was like when was the last time I was happy and I was like oh it was when I was behind the barricade and I was Aww. like I'm going to be a concert photographer and I'm going to quit waiting tables and I'm going to quit doing everything else and I'm just going to be a photographer and I, it took me a couple years, but I ended up doing it, and I ended up going on tour with major bands like Queens of the Stone Age, Eagles of Death Metal. Um, I did a tour with Jadena, who's a really cool hip-hop artist that I met last year, and he's amazing. So it just branched off from there, and I've, I've always loved music, and I could never sing, I could never play, and I was like, I want to give back to an industry that has done so much and pretty much saved my life. And that is when I decided, I was like, well, I can immortalize them as gods. <laughs> so, so that's what I ended up doing. <laughs> I love it. So 
Wow, you got into, so you got into photography pretty young then, and you've already accomplished, like, so much. I don't know how long uh, you've been shooting, but you mentioned, like, touring and traveling, which is a lot of, uh, like, everyone's, I guess, big dream when it comes to concert photography. So, like, how did you get started in tours? How did you, like, how did you get into that world and that part of it? It's about networking. So every show that you go to, I always befriend everyone. You're mm. always, because you never know who you're going to meet. You never know who you're talking to. You treat everyone with the same respect that you would yeah. want to be treated with. And from there, I, I was doing like, I think uh, one of the big connections that I made and one of my, one of my favorite friendships that I made was with Jesse Hughes of Eagles of Death Metal. I actually interviewed him at Riot Fest in 2015, and it, it was like, I was so geeked out because I've been a fan for years, and I got yeah. to, like, interview him, and I was just like, holy crap, <laughs> it's Jesse Hughes, and he's like, in the flesh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so fun, and we just hit it off, and then from there, we just became really good friends, and... I mean, on that same day, I met Jack Black, and that was like, I was like, whoa. <laughs> How funny. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny. I opened, like, the tour bus door, and, like, Jack Black is standing there, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, it's Jack Black. And he's like, it's a person. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, from there, like, uh, Jesse really helped me along and took me on tours uh, and kind of, like, kept me under his wing and, and helped me with my career. And he's best friends with Josh Homme of Queens of the Stone Age, which is my all-time favorite band in the whole wide world. And he wow. knew that. So when they did their tour in 2018, he was like, you're coming with us. He's like, buy your plane <laughs> ticket, meet me at the venue. He's like, you're coming with us and you're going to get on the bus. And I was kind of hesitant because, like, he's terrible at texting. And I was like, I don't know if I should fly across the country to, like, go on this tour. Like, I don't know if this is going to happen. Like, this is nerve-wracking. Like, I, he hasn't texted me back in days. And my friend was like, do it. Buy the ticket. And I bought the ticket, and I showed up to the first date. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to – if he's going to, like, do it or not. I was, like, scared. And then all of a sudden, he shows up in the line – and he's like, there you are, come with me. And then, like, and it was just like, I was like, okay. And then from there, like, it was one of the most beautiful experiences of my life. We, like, and he introduced me to Josh, and I got to hang out with him one-on-one, -on -one and it was amazing. And, and it really, uh, it really gave me that insight that I could do anything I put my mind to, and that if you have talent and you believe in yourself and you have good people that believe in you, you can make it anywhere. That's such an incredible story. Just having that opportunity to work with those big names and then also having them be so kind and like supportive and that's, that's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's really funny because I I've worked with a lot of big name bands just through working in radio for years. Um, and I've shot a lot of festivals and met a lot of people and so many people get a bad reputation. Yeah. And it, it boggles my mind that I've met more nice musicians than I've met mean ones. Mm. And the mean ones are the ones that you wouldn't expect to be mean. So, <laughs> like, 
it it kind of it's kind of shocked me like I, but I feel like if you come out with an energy where you are treating people like they're people and I think so many people put them on pedestals and forget that they're humans and forget that this is a job this is this is a career move for them this is like what they do for a living um yes it's something they're passionate about but it is also something that they do and if you respect that boundary where you 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 appreciate them for their work but then you also understand that that is a career that's not all of them and you treat them like you would anybody else that they treat you like anybody else so you were talking about how you got started kind of like in radio or worked in radio for a long time how did that experience come about like was that your first step into the industry or were you you know were you behind the scenes at radio or were you actually on the radio what were you doing um it's kind of a it's kind of a mixture so i when i want something especially in my young teenage years, I will go out and get it. And I had, I had no, like I had the biggest balls. Like I would do anything. Well, I I wanted to work in radio because I wanted to be a radio personality. I wanted to go to concerts and I wanted to do all the cool stuff. And so every day before I was in high school, every day before school at 7 a.m., I would sit at the radio station and wait for this one lady who did internships. Every morning for three weeks, I would go to the radio station and I would sit there and wait for a meeting with her. And it was so funny because they'd always be like, oh, she's in the office or oh, she's on air or oh, she's busy. And then one day after three weeks and like 30 something messages, she walks into the room and she was like, bless your heart, child. You have been looking for me for a long time. <laughs> and I was like, yes. I was like, I want an internship. She's like, we don't give internships to high schoolers, only college kids. And I was like, can I be the exemption? <laughs> like, can I please do this? Like, I really want to do this. And she was like, you know what? She's like, you've shown up here at 7 o'clock on the dot every day for three weeks. I obviously see that you're determined. So you start this summer. And uh, so I got the internship. And you can't work. You can't work in radio until you're like legally 18. Mm. Um, I don't know if things have changed now. But when I started like 13 years ago, that's how it was. Uh, So I worked all summer filing paperwork, like listening to Metallica songs for cuss words, doing everything in that office that everybody wanted me to do. I did everything. I was like booking bands and shows. I was like working with the accountants. I was answering the phones. Like I was taking requests. I was like being like the coffee bitch for everybody. Excuse my language. But like that's literally like that's all I did is like I did everything for everyone in that building. And it was so awesome. When I turned 18, they brought me in on my 18th birthday and they handed me the hire paperwork and they're like, congratulations. And I became a street team member. And uh, I got to go, I got to be the face of uh, XL. Like I would go to all the shows. I I would introduce the bands. I would like make sure the talent was taken care of. I'd do the terrible car dealership in the middle of summer. Like, 
in the heat, sweating in a black t-shirt. Like, I would give away prizes. Like, I did everything. And it was, it was such an awesome experience. And I did a little bit of on-air. Um, but I eventually decided, I eventually wanted to do more. So after I became, like, the little Aaron minion and they started <laughs> hiring more people... Um, I started going more into the photography realm and then eventually got hired on as their their staff photographer. And oh, I started, cool. yeah, it was super awesome. And I got to meet so many people. I did all the little acoustic sets, the meet and greets. I like got to smooth with the record label reps. I started getting invited to all the dinners and the networking. And like, I, I got to take pictures of everybody, and I got to go to all the shows. Like, I was known around all the venues, and it was amazing. It was such a beautiful experience. Like, during this pandemic, it's been hard because, you know, I ha I'm used to going to five or six shows a week. And now mm -hmm. I'm, like, I think I, I went to one outdoor show <laughs> with, like, someone playing a banjo in the middle of the desert. <laughs> and that was it. So it's been... It's been really, it's been a really interesting ride, and and I definitely suggest if anybody wants to get into concert photography, the way to go is to go through radio and internships. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like that's how you get in. Get on that media team, and then from there, people see your work. You're getting consistent work. You're getting to work with different people. You're getting to network, and then from there, you can branch out and do other things. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I've never even thought of, like, personally going through radio. That's never, like, I've heard that now, I think, twice on this podcast that, you know, people have had a passion for radio. So I find that really interesting and really helpful for people to have, like, another step, you know, another option, I guess, to, like, go through. So that's really, really cool. Have you been, like before the pandemic were you still working in radio or were you more like freelance I I was more freelance so I moved to California probably about a year and a half two years ago now mm -hmm. to pursue touring full-time and to get more music connections out here so wow. I'd been with that radio station for 13 years and I left oh. yeah oh. so I left just as they were giving me uh my own position and I was like, oh, I was like, I'm an idiot, but it's okay. I have to yeah. pursue my dreams. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so I started doing freelance work. So that's, I, I got a couple gigs out here through freelancing. Not as many as I thought I would be because, you know, we always have that pipe dream that we're going to go right into it and everything's <laughs> going to be wonderful. Uh, no, I definitely, my California dreams were crushed within like three months of living here. And the reality check set in, especially with the being unemployed for six months because uh, nobody hires you when you're transient. So, mm. yeah, it was pretty intense. But once I started, like, networking and meeting people and, and going out, I started to get gigs. And I actually had three tours lined up for this summer. Oh, my god! And then COVID happened. And then all the tours got canceled. So, yeah. oh. it it takes time. It, it takes time. Um, I got to work with Incubus a little bit. Uh, one of my good friends is their guitar tech. And uh, they had me out for a show. And then I, I got to do a couple days with Jadena, which was really cool. And I love him. Like, oh, God, I love him. He's so wonderful. He deserves everything good that happens to him. <laughs> he is such a magical, beautiful, wonderful, amazing man. 
Um, and he's so humble and he's so sweet. Uh, I got to work with him. I worked with a couple other people. My mind's a little hazy, but I've shot like freelance shows here and there for publications. I've shot a couple festivals for a hip hop magazine. I've been mostly writing freelance for different publications. Mm. And it's, it's just a challenge. Like you're in a new area. You go, I went from being like one of the top three, like concert photographers in Richmond, Virginia to coming to Joshua Tree where no one knows my name, no one cares who I am, and I'm a dime a dozen. So mm. it's like, it was definitely a humbling effect to realize all the work that I had put in in the industry where I was from to become something. But it also showed me that your work is never really done if you want to make it somewhere else. Like, you, you got to keep going with it, and you're going you're gonna to hit some grain and some challenges, but your talent will eventually speak through and your hard work and dedication will also push you through and and it's hard man it's cutthroat out here nobody plays nobody (laughs) plays like it's vicious like and 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 i notice a lot of things is sometimes it's not even about talent it's about who you know 100 percent. yeah yeah it's like i could be like the i could i could have like a freaking drone flying around your show and doing all this magical like crazy double exposure artsy stuff but then they have like their their cousin's girlfriend on tour with them and she's like she's an amateur but like everybody knows her so they trust her so that's why it's so important to develop relationships and build trust and friendship within the community so that you get those gigs because they're going to give it to someone they know before they give it to a stranger it doesn't matter how much talent you got for sure and like exactly what you were saying about like so much of this industry is about networking and you can build up an incredible network and as soon as you step foot in another city that doesn't matter at all and it's just like okay I promise (laughs) I'm really cool you know you're like I'll see myself out (laughs) yeah So I I definitely understand that that could be incredibly hard to, like, switch locations. I moved from New York to L.A. when I was learning concert photography. So I did not, you know, make a name for myself in New York and then, like, move here and have to redo it. I was, like, still in the process of, like, trying to build my portfolio. So, like... I, like, barely got a taste of that and then, like, moved to, you know, Southern California where, like you were saying, there are so many photographers out here and it's just about who you know and it's, it's hard. I could complain about this (laughs) for hours, literally hours, but I think that that's all, uh, really important things for, like, everyone to recognize when they're getting into this industry is, like, networking and who you know is so much of it exactly and being friendly and approachable and definitely that because like it's so funny i've met so many people in the pit that have no pit etiquette and (laughs) just like just stick their nose up at you and like won't talk to you and and it's just like and you're just like sitting there like okay that's cool because you never know that photographer might work for a publication and they might not be able to do a gig and they might send it your way yeah but if you're gonna be rude and like not like talk to anybody or do anything now i get it like sometimes like i just want to work and i don't want to make friends 
Mm-hmm. But, like, that's when I'm on, like, a touring gig. Because I have to. I have to get certain shots at certain spots at certain times. And, I have, and I'm, like, going through the set in my head and the counts. But, like, when I'm doing, like, a publication or I'm shooting a festival for, like, something like that, I'm always talking to people. I'm always like, hey, what's up? Like, I've met a bunch of girls in, um, in a bunch of the groups, like, a bunch of the online groups that we're in through actually seeing them behind the barricade. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I saw your profile picture. I know who you are. I was like, hey, Sam. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, like, so it was really cool. Um, so I, I think that being approachable and friendly and connecting and talking to people is a really important and vital, 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 vital trait to have in order to make it in this industry. Because mm-hmm. you could be the top of the line game, have the top of the line equipment, like have years of ex- like experience and, and gone to college and all this other stuff. <laughs> but if, if, if you can't like hang with, with the boys, like yeah. you're not going to, you're not, you're gonna, not going to make it. Yeah. Um, and that was a really, that was a really thing. That was a really hard lesson to learn. doesn't mean you need to party with everybody because sometimes that gets you in trouble too, but mm-hmm. you need to be, you need to be present and engaged and, and be friendly and, and approachable and and just like be nice yeah be nice is <laughs> be nice so basic but so important it is so important i've met so many so many i've met so many amazing people but i've also met so many unruly people mm-hmm. with a sense of entitlement <laughs> and i'm like i'm like i'm like and it frustrates me too because i'm like i've been in this industry just as long as you have and I was like, I understand. Like, you know, like, it, it, like these guys that have been in it for, like, 10 years, and they're just, like, 10, 15 years, and they're just like, Ugh, and I'm just like, okay, um, I've been in it, too. I don't need to act like that towards everybody. We all here. We yeah. all take in the shot. Like, we'll all move out of each other's way. We'll all help each other. Like, boggles my mind. <laughs> yeah, there's... There's some interesting people in this industry. We'll say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there How really funny. Is. Um, really quickly, I wanted to talk about, like, do you do a lot of work with local bands? Because leading up to this, we've talked mostly about you doing these big tours and everything. Um, but do you do, like, local work with local bands, um, like, here in Southern California? Or do you primarily focus on these kind of, like bigger touring events and like larger publication shows oh i do everything awesome. uh, i have a band that I, i'm pretty much on retainer for forever with back in virginia uh they're amazing guys they're a pop punk band they're called little death i do all their promo work for them and all that stuff and then i also have a really good friend um his last name is friend isaac friend in denver and i do his promo stuff for him and uh I have I have tons. I work with all different types of artists. I have uh, I really support small artists and trying to make it out there. So mm-hmm. I have a for, affordable base packages for them to help them get uh, their social media up and all their engagement and all the photos they need for promos and stuff like that. So I really cut them a good deal so that they can be able to promote themselves and make money off their content and kind of get their name out there because I love I, like. I, someone gave me a chance back in the day I'm going to give somebody else a chance 
So I really like doing that, and I love going to local shows and, and finding new music. Like, if I ever had to change careers, I would want to go into artist relations and be an A&R rep and find talent. That's, that's yeah. like that's like a goal. I would love to do that. It would be amazing because I love going to shows. I love finding new music and stuff like that. And that is um, – so I always do – I don't just section myself off to national. I've just gotten very gifted and very lucky to be able to do as many national acts and as meet as many national acts as I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I do work a lot with local bands, and that's how I did start is I did start shooting um, this ba- this uh, event that we had called Local Exposure where it was like a battle of the bands to open up for our chili cook-off for mm-hmm. XL. So that's how I, I started meeting bands that way and started networking and talking and hanging out with them. And and then I was like, man, I wish I could play music. <laughs> I was like, but I can't. <laughs> I tried to teach myself guitar. It was horrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure it wasn't that bad. I love that, like, most of us that are in like music photography we're just like obsessed with music and the scene and that's how we got into it and I love hearing that like you know having those like bass packages and like lower packages to like work with local bands to like make sure that they have everything that they need it really helps like feed our music industry it's like everyone starts somewhere they need that they're not getting paid you know for their shows half the time or if it's like or really, really low, you know, payments. So it's like, you know, everyone's out there struggling. Like, everyone needs a chance. So I love hearing that, like, there's people in this industry, like you, that are giving back and, like, actually helping people move ahead. So I love that. You mentioned doing, like, promo shots and social media stuff. And this is one of the questions I wrote down because your like band musician portraits are so good and I personally find like portrait work impossible like it it stresses me out to no end to like try to figure out like what kind of poses I want like what the like setup is gonna be lighting I just like freak out (laughs) and your work is incredible so I wanted to talk a little bit about like portrait work and like how you got into it any like tips um for like creating photos like any setup when it comes to portrait work because I feel like you're a huge step up and I know a lot of people struggle with portrait work not just me um or maybe it is just me who knows but uh any tips that you have there I would love to hear them yes so everyone is awkward in front of a camera within the first 30 minutes of a session pretty much except for trained models but even then they're a little stiff um so when it comes to doing band portraiture I because boys are so scatterbrained especially when with their with their buddies and they want to like hang out and they want to drink and like I have to wrangle them. Yeah. So I'm like, "Listen, you can pop a PBR open after we get the shots, okay? <laughs> like everything will be fun." So what I do is is I go through, I have them bring five or six different pieces of wardrobe so I can see and mm-hmm. we can match them and have all of their aesthetics kind of blend the same. We usually do a conversation on the phone of locations that they want or they tell me a look that they're going for and I location scout and then I find the things that fit what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, 
with Little Death, I love them because they literally are down for whatever I'm down for. Um, we've done a lot of um, different portraits with them, like with downtown city lights at night. We've done smoke bombs. We've done abandoned houses. We did an abandoned hotel one time. Uh, so it was really cool. So how when you're dealing with multiple people, especially with bands, you have to look at positions and and posing to kind of keep them kind of like it, it depends. Like you don't have to follow any rules, but like you want everything to look aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. So sometimes they like to do like the buddy shots where they're like grouped together and huddled. <laughs> sometimes we like to do like the triangle. Sometimes yeah. we like to do the roundabout. So it depends on, um, I always go through and I kind of like give myself a shot list of ideas. So I'll look at my I'll location scout. I'll find a location. I'll be like, okay, what can I do here? So, in my head, I have a, a list of poses and shots that I do with bands, and I try to figure out how to, um, how I'm going to blend that and, and put that um, together. So, I'll just go through, I come up with, like, five main shots that I know that I can do, and mm -hmm. poses that I can do that off the top of my head. And then from there, I'll have, like, a little, like, cheat sheet of other, like, poses that I was interested in that I want to try with them and I want to see how how it looks so I'll keep them like screenshotted on my phone and I'll look at them and I'll get everybody into position of how I how I want it to look and then I'll figure out like my, my viewpoint of where I want to be to do to do the shot uh, I think a lot of people get stuck in straightforward especially with bands mm -hmm. and you have to have a little variety sometimes you can do a dutch angle don't suggest it all the time <laughs> because it gets annoying but like sometimes you can shoot above just don't get up their noses the whole time sometimes yeah. you can shoot down on them it's like you don't it's not just the picture in front of you you have to look around like you, you have to look around your surroundings, and I think so many people get stuck in that flat mindset, especially in portraiture, so they never create any depth of field or dimension. So when you're working with multiple bodies, like look at look at a do a side profile, do like weird things. And what really helped me with portraiture work is doing boudoir. Oh. So with boudoir, it's all about. It's all, it's lingerie. It's like chicks in lingerie, sometimes gentlemen, you know, whoever. Mm -hmm. um, and what's awesome is like you're seeing like a form. So usually they're like half dressed. So you're seeing the curvatures of your bot of bodies and stuff like that, which helps you see how to position people. Because sometimes when people are enclosed, you can't see how their body's angled and something looks bunched up or frumpy. Mm. So with boudoir, it, it helps you to look for leading lines in portraiture. So you're like, okay, well, if you move your hip here and you bend there, it does this. So then by doing that, I pay attention to bodies and lines so like it's so funny because sometimes my my clients rag on me because I'm looking like right through them they're like yeah. they're like you don't are you looking at me right now and I'm like I'm looking at you but I'm not looking at you <laughs> yeah like I'm looking for leading lines to see what moves what would look good where their arms should be positioned how they should be bent how their shoulders should look so it's like all about body movement I definitely suggest like if if anybody has problems with 
body movement, posing, or anything like that, just to do, like, a little simple boudoir session. And they don't, they can even be in a bathing suit, you know? Just to see leading lines. Because it influences you, and it's fun. And it's very empowering, and it shows you where the form is, and it shows you how to move the human body. And, uh, you know, I I love, I love boudoir. I think boudoir and, and music, um music photography are like my top favorite uh things to do because they're so they're so versatile and i think Mm -hmm. so many people get stuck in one essence of those things that they don't see that there's so many things they can do like i offer halloween boudoir sessions when i work with bands i offer to do like weird concepts with them and i feel like if i wasn't constantly like thinking outside the box from doing all different aspects of portraiture, I wouldn't be able to create that imagery and what I do. Yeah. Wow, that was all great advice. And you you honestly just like kicked it right into one of my other questions I wanted to ask is like, you have incredible like boudoir and wedding photography as well. So I wanted to hear about like how you got into that and like branching into other types of photography because like, me personally, I'm very like focused on like just music photography. Um, but I love seeing people who are like very versatile and like can do all of these different types of shoots. So was music photography was the first and then did you just start branching out from there? And you've already talked a little bit about boudoir, but how do you get into like weddings and like finding that kind of clientele and expanding your photography business? So what's funny is, is that I got used to taking my camera everywhere I went. So from doing music photography, I started, I was a party girl. So I brought my camera to parties and just started taking weird pictures of my friends at parties. And then from there, people would be like, oh, did you bring your camera? Like, it's my kid's birthday party this weekend. Can I'll pay you like 20 bucks to take some photos. <laughs> And then it went into, oh, I'm getting married. Can you do my engagement photos? And then from there, it went to like, hey, I'm I'm having a wedding. Can you shoot that? And it just like branched off. It just, I just started bringing it everywhere, and everybody just expected it. And then everybody's like, oh, well, why don't you do this? Like, why don't you bring that? And then I was like, I didn't take it seriously. I didn't think anybody would pay me to do it. And then after a while. I started investing in my equipment and I started like seeing that people did make a paying career out of it. And I was just like, I was like, I could do this. (laughs) So then an opportunity came up. I started doing school photography, um, for a school portrait thing. And I started work. I was already working for myself freelancing at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, but I started, I started doing school photography and the opportunity came up while I was doing that this lady who was a boudoir photographer in town, she decided to sell her business. And Mm. I had other photographer friends come to me and be like, let's team up together and buy her business out and make it like something big. So I was like, hell yeah, like (laughs) I'll do that. And I was like, I never like, I'd done like boudoir before, but I didn't know it was boudoir. Just, like, my friends are like, oh, I want to take a cute picture for this boy I like. Like, can you, like, uh, take a picture of me in my underwear? And I'm just like, okay. (laughs) So, like, it was just, like, weird stuff like that. I did a bunch of little, like, side freelance gigs for, like, Uh different companies. I did, like, kids' portraits. I did school portraits. I did dog portraits. 
I did all that stuff, and then, like, I'd have friends that started doing that, and then I was like, I think I could do boudoir. So, I, everybody else had the money to put up for the business, but, except for me, because I was, like, a poor kid. So, I was like, I'll work the business so that I can pay my half. Mm. And they were like, okay. So, I started working with the clients. Well, and I started doing the business and I'm a really I worked in retail and waiting tables for years so I was really good at selling people on stuff mm. so like I started upselling people and then uh, all of my investors one of them moved away two of them moved away and then the other one didn't put any more money in so then I had to, we only had to pay 10 grand for the business so the one person had put in like $1,200. Everybody else had put in like 50 or 100 bucks. And then I was working for the business. Um, I made $8,000 in a month for the business. I was able to buy out everybody else's share in the company and take it over myself. That's um, awesome. Yeah, it was great going from being a freelancer and not really knowing how to price myself and kind of like figuring it out on my own and going from and going to owning an established business with a studio that already had a name and a brand and so it was really intimidating but it also helped me price what I'm worth uh. and it helped me figure out how to run a legal business because at that point I was just like freelance didn't know anything and then I was like all right I need to register an LLC I need to get a business license. I need to get an EIN number. I need to make sure my business is insured. I need to make sure my ins my I have insurance on my gear in case something happens. And it just it really helped me take my business to a different level and be able to get to a point where I was able to focus on actually turning it into a career. And while this was all happening, I was still doing school photography, but I started getting all these crazy gigs like I worked in burlesque I was actually a burlesque performer for four years I was terrible at it it was but I made a lot of connections I realized I was more I was more uh, beneficial to the community as a photographer than I was as a dancer so I started working with burlesque dancers and they became kind of my first boudoir clients that would sign releases for me to promote that I was doing that and then from there, it kind of like branched off. And then I finally, after I started building the brand that I had established, that was established already. And then I realized, I was like, I was like, this isn't my style. Like I'm literally filling in for this woman who sold me the company. And I'm still mm -hmm. doing her style of sessions, which wasn't me at all. So I decided to rebrand and put my name on it and start doing it my way because she was like very like light and pin uppy and the uh. the business was named pink and I hate the color pink <laughs> um <laughs> it was and, it, and it, I, I just I couldn't stand it and like everything was really kitschy and pin uppy and like I cleared out my entire studio of like all of the pink branding all of the cheesy like pinup stuff like I like I still do pinup but I do it my way now yeah. and then I, I I'm more of a, a darker kind of like sultry vibe so I, when I rebranded and did sound snap boudoir I started doing more dramatic stuff I started I hate shooting in the same space over and over again it bores me 
So I started doing abandoned portraiture and outdoor portraiture. I started getting different locations and um, I started like doing weird stuff and people dug it. And it was like, and I started getting like clients outside of my normal range and I started working with sex workers and they were coming to me like on a monthly basis to do content. And I was like, I'd always cut deals for them because I want them to make money and I want them to yeah. come back. So like, it was like a, it was a bunch of things and it, it became this huge community and it was amazing and it was so cool. And I still have that community going, even though I live across the country. That's um, awesome. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. And I've met so many amazing people from it and, and it brought a lot of different aspects of photography to me. So like. I definitely like that was probably like the best investment I ever did was in, investing in that company and uh it it kind of made it so that I knew I could make it and it and now like you know I sold everything I own to move out here cuz you know that's what people do when they mm-hmm. want to move to California <laughs> <laughs> they sell their lives away and then they come out here thinking it'll be cake and then they cry like for two years and then eventually they either step on the horse or they move back home so it's um it's been an interesting change of events and now i've i'm about to open a new studio out in joshua tree so it's not going to be as big as my last one and it's going to be in my house but it's still going to be mine and i'm going to be able to start the process of rebuilding again yeah That's all awesome. I think that, like, one of the important things that you mentioned is, like, with doing all of that, you get to learn, like, what your style is. And, like, with rebranding and being like, this isn't me. This, this is me. So let's do this and rebrand to this. And then, like, your, your true self and, like, what you know imagery you really like will show through and then more people will flock to you because it's like it's someone that they want to work with when you have a passion like that and you're like shooting for yourself and everything that like you know you're really happy with what you're putting out like you do kind of form a community and I love hearing that like you were just like look this wasn't me so I'm gonna make it me and it was so successful for you that's awesome yeah, it was, it's great. I, I definitely suggest also that people that are wanting to do photography, don't just focus on one spot. Try it all. Mm. Doesn't mean that you have to be good at everything, because there's things that I suck at. I suck at newborn photography. <laughs> I suck at it. I'm nervous. I'm actually pregnant right now, and I'm about to have a kid. And I'm like, oh, God, like, I don't know how I'm going to take pictures of this thing. Like, I'm so bad at it. Like... I can do I can do family portraits. I can do all that other stuff. I can do like someone holding a newborn, but I can't do those little cutesy like Ann Getty ones. Terrible at it. Just <laughs> Where they're can't. all wrapped up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The swaddles. <laughs> yeah, it's so nerve wracking. Like newborn photographers on some real stuff right there. They are probably the elitists of all photography because you have to have so much patience to deal yeah. with a parents, mm-hmm. b a colicky baby that is probably going to diarrhea on you five times during the session. And you're going to have to take breaks throughout the entire thing to make sure the baby's okay and it's fed and it's happy. Like, they usually do a six to eight hour session. Yeah, I can't imagine being with with three people for that long that's not a (laughs) wedding. 
Like, it, it boggles my mind. I have so much respect for them. And when I tried to do it, I was like, all right, well, I'm good at a lot of things, but that is not one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I just, like, always think about, like, we were talking a little bit before about, like, the formal business stuff. Like, the amount of, like, business liability insurance I would assume that you would have to have for working with newborns. Because, like, like working weddings is, like, one thing that, like, I definitely understand if you're, you know, working something for long term. You need to have that liability insurance in case anything that you do goes wrong. Same with owning a studio. But, like... The people that would freak out the most if something went wrong, it would be the parents who just had a baby. <laughs> and it's like, that is that is a tiny person. So, like, your liability insurance would have to be insane. And that just terrifies me by itself. So I've never gotten into newborn photography. Like, ah, that, nope, not for me. <laughs> yeah, I, uh... <laughs> I can't, I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> I don't even want to think about it because it's so stressful. I would, uh, I, it boggles my mind. There's like, there's so much versatility in everything that you do. Yeah. Um, but it also shows you what you want to focus on and what you want to create in. So you can't find out what you don't like until you find out what you do like. So sure. that's why I tell people because like I, I found out like, you know, I do corporate headshots and stuff like that. I can knock it out the park. I can do school photography, knock it out the park. But do I want to? No, I don't. It's yeah. soul draining. I'll do it for a paycheck, but it's not like something I'm passionate about. Yeah. Um, so, like, I, I learned that from doing it and experiencing it. And I... And that's how I found out, like, I like conceptual photography, and that's how I found out that I like... Uh, doing concerts and I, I like weddings and like I like doing all stuff. I love elopements. I wish I could get more mm. of those. Those are awesome. Um, I love doing adventure photography. I like working with bloggers. Like it, it's just all from having these experiences. So I, I, I suggest to any like uh, photographers that are looking to like figure out how to do this to go out and find what you like. Yeah. and do weird stuff like I do food photography and I like doing that I think it's cool um, it's a whole different ball game shooting yeah. stills and things especially of fresh food um, that's a challenge a little bit and you always have to have certain lighting so it, it also helps you doing different lighting situations in photography and different types of photography also helps you to pay attention while doing shows working in all different uh lighting sets and also working in low light has helped me see where light hits bodies to do dark and moody boudoir um having worked in school lighting with with strobes and stuff like that has shown me where to put lighting when i'm doing portraiture it's showed me also where to pay attention and what angles to get while I'm working in the pit to see where the light's going to hit. Hmm. It's all, like, 90% of photography is about lighting. If you don't have yeah. light, you don't have a picture. And if you don't know where to see the light, you can't take the picture. There's always going to be something missing from it. There's always going to be something off. 
Mm -hmm. So it definitely teaches you how to look for those things and to pay attention to things. Also doing music, uh, you learn to listen to cues and songs and it helps you to figure out if a moment's coming. So when Mm -hmm. you're at a wedding and they're doing a dance and you've heard that song play before and you know that it has a crazy breakdown, you know that's the time to get on the dance floor and catch the people dancing and doing weird stuff. Like, that's where you're going to get your shot for the night. So it, it helps in so many different ways. I love that. That is all great advice. And I think a lot of it just comes out of kind of what you were saying, just like trying different things and practicing, just like going out and doing it and learning from it. Like it's just so important to keep going. So that's all fantastic advice. Thank you so much for sharing. Of course. Um, I wanted to dive into a little bit more about like music photography when it comes to like the industry and like your career because you've already done so much. Um, Is there like something that you have coming up that like is your ideal goal? Do you see success in the music industry a certain way? Is there something that you're looking forward to other than getting out of this whole COVID situation? Because I feel like all of us are over this. Um, But uh, like, what does success look like for you when it comes to your photography career or being in the music industry? I want to do more tours. Mm. I I miss touring. I miss, and it's going to be crazy because now I have to look at it from a different perspective because now I'm going to be a single mom. So now it's kind of like, okay, I have to look at, I'm going to be going on this new walk of life. So now I have to look at where, where that means where my career stands. Mm. So that's definitely something that's, that's a challenge that I'm going to have to work through. So I'm looking for other ways that I can still be active in my community and not be an absentee parent. Yeah. So that's been, that's been an interesting thing that I'm having to work on, but photography career wise, like I, like one of my good friends, I know he's, I've been telling him for years, he's going to make it and we going to do it together and I'm just waiting. And then my boys in little death, like, I'm waiting for them to call me. I'll be like, I'll have a babysitter on standby. We're going on tour. We're going to do this. I'm going to be there for you. I just want to see all my friends be successful. 16. Yeah. And I want to see them do good. And, I, like, I have so much belief in them to do it. And I want to work with Orville Peck so bad. I love him. So if Orville Peck listens to your podcast, Orville Peck, you better hit me up. I was real upset that you were in Joshua Tree and I did not get a text back. <laughs> like, I love that man. I think he is such a talent and he has such good motives and ambitions and just is such a voice for a community that I don't even like country music and I love him. And he's brought like queer country like what this is amazing (laughs) why isn't this a thing why hasn't this been a thing like he has brought it to the forefront and i admire him and he made shania twain relevant again yes i love her too and i didn't realize how much i loved her and i was like man i'm a closet country fan because like (laughs) i was digging that song that they made but i want to work with him i want to do portraits with him i want to i want to go on tour with him Like, I would do it any day of the week. If he called me, I would drop everything I was doing and go with him. 
because I I just think he's such a phenomenal person and I I just want to know him I just want to be friends with him and there's so many people in, in the industry that I admire and I respect so much and I feel like we could do so many great things together and mm-hmm. I could be a really good um, asset to their team like yeah. Lizzo I would love to go with Lizzo oh my gosh we would have a blast. We'd probably yeah. get in trouble together, though, but we would have a blast. But there, there's so many people that I, I want to work with and so many people I haven't seen. Like, I've had some missed opportunities that I definitely I want to kind of rekindle. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I've always... Gwen Stefani has been, like, top shelf, like, queendom for me since I was seven years old. I've always respected and admired her hustle and how versatile she is. I don't like all of her music, but I like her as a person and I would love yeah. I would love to work with her and make some of her abstract imagery come true. And I, I think that we could I think we would fit and we would be BFFs. And I just want to continue like my career. I want to continue touring. I want to continue uh, working with publications, I wanna, I wanna kind of like make it a forefront because I feel like there's not. I want to show there's. I don't feel like there's a lot of fronted lead female photographers in the industry that get respect. Mm-hmm. And I want to prove that we're not all out here because our boyfriends are in a band, <laughs> and that we're not all out here. Because we want to sleep with somebody. Because yeah. that is a big stigma that we have to deal with on a regular basis in this industry. That sometimes we just respect the talent and we have a talent and we share it. Yeah. Before we dive more into that, because I definitely want to talk about the music industry uh, before we end this podcast. But I just wanted to say really quick that I love that when we're talking about success and things that you want to do, you kept saying continue. And I just, like, find that so motivating that it's not like, okay, here's this thing that I want to do. It's like, look, I'm happy with everything that I'm doing. I want to do more of it. And I want to keep growing, but I want to do more of the things that I'm doing. And I just love that. Like, the whole idea of just being happy with, like, where you're at and growing it just makes me all warm and fuzzy inside. So I just wanted to call that out because I thought that was amazing. Um... But shifting a little bit to uh, a little bit tougher of a question uh, that you kind of led into a little bit here is like sexism and prejudices in the industry. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to start this podcast is to talk about this because I feel like it's something that a lot of people don't talk about and a lot of people face. So like what experiences, if any, you faced about like being on tour as a woman, um, any prejudices, any sexism, anything that you've gone through and like what you've learned from it or how you've handled it? Oh my goodness. I have some stories. (laughs) (laughs) This might be a whole hour by itself. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, um, I'll talk about my festival experiences first. Mm. I to make my dreams come true, to be able to have the gear that I have, everything that I have, I own outright. I've never had anything on a lease. I've never had anything on. I've had to, I was homeless for a few years to pay for all my gear. Mm -hmm. At one point in time, my gear's kind of dwindled because uh, I'm clumsy and I break things. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I felt guilty about having a bunch of insurance claims. So <laughs> I just like bit the bullet on a couple things. But um, I had a really big touring kit for a while. I had about 30 grand worth of gear that I saved up for and I worked my butt off for. And I would go to these festivals and it was always an older man would be like, oh, oh, do you know how to use that? I'm like, uh, yes, I do. So cool. You rent that for the weekend? And I just looked at him and I was like, no, I, I did not. I, uh, I own this. This is mine. I, I paid for it with my own money. Uh, hmm. did you rent that one for the weekend? And then they like, look at me like, oh, like insulted. And I'm just like, okay. So it's like one of those problems where they, they don't, uh, and, and it's not everybody. I've met a lot of really great men in the pit. But I've met a lot of a-holes. Mm-hmm. And I've met a lot of pretentious older men, older white guys, that like to sit here and think that they know more than me. They're like, oh yeah, I'm friends with Jonathan Davis and Corn, and, and I'm blah, 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 blah. And then when I'm like, oh yeah, I know blah, blah, blah too. And then they're just like, oh, well, you don't know them like I do. We like had a, We kicked a couple beers back the other day. And I'm like... That's cool. I don't drink beer. <laughs> I was like, I- I'm going to see him later today. You want me to tell him you said hi? Like, it- it's just, it's so ridiculous. Like, you can't, and then they're like, oh, whose girlfriend are you? When I would do local mm. shows, that's the one I always get. Whose girlfriend are you? Who are you sleeping with? Who do you have a crush on? And I'm just like, uh, none of them. They're kind of like five years younger than me and like they're like teenagers that's gross (laughs) like I'm not doing that and I was like I'm here because they hired me to come shoot their show for them yeah uh and it's just it's I deal with a lot of stigmas with that and a lot of sexism that oh well oh the big thing is oh you can't make money in this industry so you should just quit that's my favorite I've been told that so many times and I'm like oh are you not getting paid to be at this show yeah. And they're like, no one's getting paid. And I was like, oh, that's funny. I am. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know? <laughs> and it's just like, and then it's so funny. Or I'll have my credentials hidden when I'm working. And then they'll be really rude to me and be like, oh, well, you can't be here. Because, like, when I was a prime example, when I was on tour with Queens of Stone Age, I had rights to shoot the entire show. Mm. I didn't have to do three songs. I could go anywhere I wanted, shoot whatever I wanted for however long I wanted. And this man, who did not know me, threw a huge temper tantrum that I was in the pit. He's like, she can't be back here if I can't be back here. Blah, 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 blah. Tried to get me thrown out of the venue. Made a huge scene. And then Queen's manager came over and was like, what's the problem? She's allowed to shoot this whole show. She's with us. And then he's like, can I see your credentials? And I popped it out. And it was like on my hip. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. And that guy got so red in the face. Yeah. And like had to walk away because he wouldn't let it go. And it just, it boggled my mind. Like how much, like I've had to deal with with people like that. Or with security where they won't let me through because they're like, oh, you're just trying to sneak back here. and Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I'm with the band. Like... I'm here with the band like I came on the bus did you not see me on the bus like I walked off the bus I waved at you when I got off the bus and they're like no 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 and like 
almost make me miss my shots because mm-hmm. they won't let me in a certain area because they don't believe me. And yeah. it doesn't even matter. Like sometimes even having the credentials doesn't matter. They don't care. They don't believe you. They're like, oh, okay, little girl. And I'm like, I'm 32 years old. I'm not a little girl. Like, get out of my face. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and it, it's, it's, it's sad. And I really hope that when all this pandemic stuff is over and with all the growing female uh, responses and the females in the industry, yeah. that things change. Because I am so tired of dealing with it. Uh, like I I never and it's also I see it makes me sad too because like now that I'm a lot older and I I have tough skin from this stuff because I've been dealing with this for 10 years but when I see like some of the young aspiring ones and they're getting bullied down by these old men on stools like what why are you bringing a stool into a barricade you're six (laughs) foot four you don't need a stool or like holding their camera above their head to get the shot so then no other photographer can get it. And I'm just like, and, and then there's like this little four foot 11 girl and she's like 19. She's working for her like local college publication and she like really wants to do this. And then this big dude gets in front of her and like sits here and like big bears her. Yeah. And I, I've made it a point where if there is anyone short around me, I'm like, get in front of me. Yeah. I was like, I don't care. We'll get it. I'll just sit on your shoulder, girl. <laughs> I got you. I was like, but I'm not going to let that six foot four guy on the stool yeah. in front of you get in your way, holding his camera up in the air. <laughs> He's probably shooting on aperture priority. Screw him. <laughs> like, you know, it's just like, it, that's been one of the hardest things to deal with is just like not being taken seriously, not being respected. Um, and I will say working with incubus total amazing like i i was proud that was probably like the best time that i've been treated by people like nobody looked down on me like they respected me as an equal um and that was great their their staff is amazing and their their team is amazing and i guess it was the venue too that was really awesome uh so it's just a hit or miss but you got it you got to have tough skin to deal with that stuff and you have to like you got to accept like let them talk let them say their little spiel but if they make you uncomfortable or they degrade you don't don't feel bad don't feel anything because they're just mad because they've been in the industry for 20 years and haven't made anything of it they're still drinking rock stars on the weekend wishing that god smack would be their bff like that's all it is like and let them let them be that way they they fucking sometimes excuse my language uh they just don't they just they haven't been able to make a career for themselves because they don't have the ambition and it is all about the ambition and the drive it's all about the networking and half the time they ain't even friendly so that's why you got to be nice to everybody even being nice to those guys because sometimes they might know somebody but just it's hard and i haven't seen i've seen it it, I've seen it get progressively worse the younger that the the girls get in the in the thing. For sure. But what's been really, I think that there is going to be a change because there's been a lot of outing of people sexually harassing women in the industry, and a lot of stuff has come out. It boggles my mind because there was so much stuff that I dealt with with musicians when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, that I I thought was like that's how people were. Like, I didn't understand that someone, like, being inappropriate with you was wrong, you know? Like, 
even in that industry and in that ability. So like seeing people finally speak up about that and kind of like outing these people for having terrible behaviors, I'm hoping that that will induce a change in how males treat females in the industry and start, because if we start commanding respect, it'll eventually happen. Yeah. It'll, um, it'll keep going. I I think that the more we bring awareness to these factors, the more we will be able to have a voice and we will be able to stand our ground and people won't do those things because it's been happening since the dawn of time. Dude, I remember when I interned and I was 17 I, like, had, like, this fucking world-famous comedian, like, come at me, and he was like, oh, he's like, you should come to my show tonight, and I was like, I'm 17, and he's like, huh, call me when you're 18, and I'm just like, all right, that's weird, okay, I thought we were friends, but obviously not, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, there, there's just so much stuff with this industry, and then also, um, Kind of, like, just what you were saying of, like, bringing awareness to, like, what's going on and, like, making sure that people, like, hear about it, I guess. Um, That's going to help so much. But, like, the other part of it for me was just, like, making sure that, like, younger women know that they're not alone. I think that was, like, the biggest thing for me because, like, all of the... All of my mentors in the, like, music industry were all dudes. And then, like, when I moved to L.A., it was like, bam, here's a whole bunch of, like, sexist shit going on in the pit that had no idea how to handle it because all my mentors were dudes and they had no idea that this was going on. So it's like talking to other women and, like, knowing, you know, what happens and, like, how to deal with it and, like whether or not you need to have thick skin or who to talk to when, you know, something happens. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about it. That's, that's why I bring it up. (laughs) But yeah, it, it's just so frustrating to hear that, like, you know, no matter kind of like what level you're at, you know, people are always, there's always going to be someone, you know? Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's it's how it is, and it's it sucks for it to be that way. And I wish it wasn't, but it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a depressing note to end on. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the thing is, is that we we are definitely changing the industry by standing for sure. up for ourselves and making voices heard. Yeah. Um, I've seen so many people that I've seen weird stuff on tour and I always spoke up but Mm -hmm. like when I saw someone being inappropriate or if there was like a girl that was too drunk and I was like okay I'm gonna get this bitch out of here I'm gonna help her out I was like we're gonna I'm gonna take you out of this room because I know this this roadie is kind of a douche so I'm gonna take you over here and you'll be fine but um it, it sucks because uh sometimes you can't you don't see everything and so you have to sit there and be there for people. And you have to listen. You have to believe them. Like, there's so many allegations that have came out about people that I've worked with that I've never seen anything bad from them. Yeah. Never seen anything bad from them. And, but I also wasn't their intended target. Yeah. So it kind of, like, brings you, you have to believe people. You have to listen to them. Um, 
and you have to hold accountability for people. And I think the more women that stand up for themselves to even just someone saying something as entitling as degrading their equipment is, yeah. is a step in the right direction. Because yeah. then the next time you meet some guy and, and they're making fun of your D3100 because they have a $6,000 camera that they leased, it's like, well, at least I bought mine, okay? So hop off. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think it's important for people who have... Because there, there's definitely going to be people out there that have thicker skin or are more uh, extroverted. And if you're one of those people and you see someone being rude um, and doing bad things, it's like, go, go step in. Go stand up for that person and, like, make sure that you know it's a good vibe it's a good situation like don't let things happen if you're saying it because like you said like I've stepped in numerous times for uh like if a situation of someone's like making fun of someone else or like being rude to holding up their camera whatever it is like I'll step in I'll speak for the group if the group is annoyed or if someone else is annoyed it's like having people stand up and just voice, make voices heard, I think is super important. Mm-hmm. It really is. A lot of people don't do that. A lot of people don't do that. Um, and that's, I, kudos. I also love getting in arguments, so that's, that's personal. <laughs> <laughs> I will fight you anytime. No, I'm kidding. I'm really nice. I promise, guys. If you see me in the pit, I'm really, really nice. Um, let's add this on a super positive note. This is what I always love asking people is like the best piece of advice that you've received that you would love to pass on to anyone getting started in the music industry, anyone out there, like what's the best piece of advice? My mentor told me, this is going to sound really cheesy. Uh, my mentor told me in the industry, <laughs> it's God, it's, it's terrible, but it, I, I'm telling you, it's helped me a lot. Don't sleep with anyone that you want to work with. Don't. Like, don't do it. Don't take don't take it to a level that you don't want it to be. Yeah. Respect boundaries. She says, you make it farther in friendship than you make it in relationship. And she yeah. said, befriend people. Be kind. Treat everyone behind the barricade with respect. And always bring water or treats for the bouncers. Nice. I love all of that. Well, <laughs> thank you so much, Mari. You had such great advice. And I loved hearing about like you touring with these really, really cool bands. So I appreciate you coming on here and talking about everything. Really quickly, can you shout out like your social media, your website, where everyone can find your work? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Instagram at soundsnapphoto.com. And if you want to, or SoundSnapPhoto at Instagram, I guess, and SoundSnapPhoto.com. Uh, and then if you want to check out my more risque work, you can check check out SoundSnap Boudoir. And that website, SoundSnapBoudoirPhotography.com. And I'm also on Twitter, SoundSnapPhoto. It's all the same around all the spectrums and all the forums. 
So Love it. So everyone listening, please go check out Olamari's work. I know that I creeped on a lot of it, and it's really cool, and you guys should do the same. And Mari, thank you so much for joining me. I had such a great time talking to you, and I really hope that we can share the pit sometime soon when we're out of COVID. Oh, yeah, sooner than later. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, and I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye-bye.